Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot, and the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. And hello, welcome in. It is a Thursday edition of the program. We are absolutely cruising complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. We do this show each weekday at 11. If you missed the live show, here's my reminder uh, and encouragement to check us out as a podcast. All you got to do is search for the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Wherever you listen to podcasts, you'll find us there. You can go back, listen to a segment you missed an interview you missed, or maybe an entire show you want to catch up on. And no matter how you're with us, appreciate your loyalty. Uh, A lot of good IU fans, a lot of good Southern Indiana sports supporters join us each and every day. It's great to always hear from you when I'm out and about at a game. And uh, just appreciate you guys. And we're heading into a really good time uh, with basketball season around the corner. Uh, Both IU and high school going to be fun, and we'll be there every step of the way to take you through it. Uh, with daily commentary here on the program. Let's look at the show lineup for today, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Segment one, we've got our headlines of the day, and we've got some IU basketball stuff to talk about with Hoosier Hysteria on Friday. Some good news from the women's program as well. They are getting some good marks here in the preseason, and we'll tell you about that. Also, IU football, another really good example of NIL done right. Uh, IU first of its kind. Uh, involvement in a uh, charitable cause, and I'll mention that as well. Also, a big soccer game last night. I I mentioned it yesterday on the show, and uh, we'll tell you the result of that and a few other things coming up here in just a bit. Uh, Also, segment two, Alex Bozich of Inside the Hall with us. Alex just published a list of all the visitors expected for Hoosier Hysteria, so it's such a huge recruiting weekend. Yesterday, I spent time talking about you know, what fans should expect from Hoosier Hysteria and what the format could be like and some of the events surrounding uh, Hoosier Hysteria and homecoming weekend on the football side. Today with Alex, we'll dig into the recruiting side of Hoosier Hysteria and some of the big visitors and what that can mean for IU and how busy of a weekend it's going to be for IU coaches. Uh, They're going to be busy between practicing and recruiting and all the things that go along with uh, with their job. It's a busy, busy time of year for them as well. And then later, Matt Weaver of Pigs.com, he'll stop by in the final segment uh, for a quick chat on IU football. I, I really, to be flat out honest, uh, we, we always want to follow IU football. We always want to talk about IU football. Matt's the best guy to do that with when he joins our program. But I'm not really sure what to say, what to ask, what to talk about with this IU team as they get ready to take on a really good Michigan team that is hopeful that they can make it back to the college football playoff for the second year in a row. So 
We'll get in some football later, but as basketball gears up and as IU really, I think, reeling in football, we'll we'll cut our conversation on the football Hoosiers a bit to make more time for basketball and some of the exciting things ahead, I think, for Hoosier fans as well. That's the show lineup, a service of Honey Baked Tam in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals that are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service is still available as well at Honey Baked Tam in New Albany. And also the text line is open. That number, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Thornton's is the perfect stop for all the best pick-me-up items you need to get your day started, like their fresh coffee and delicious donuts. And uh, welcome in to our Thursday program. Glad to have you with us today. Let's look at some headlines to begin the show. You know, I didn't realize this, but Hoosier Hysteria and Homecoming for Football on the same weekend, and it's been a long time, in a really recent history, uh, that that has happened. So a huge weekend on the campus in Bloomington. You've got Hoosier Hysteria at 7 o'clock on Friday night. You've got a concert by platinum-selling rapper G. Herbo, a Chicago native, on Friday evening at Assembly Hall. And by the way, I did look up G. Herbo on Apple Music yesterday and listened to a couple of his big hits. So I would say that uh, the kids, uh, I should say kids as in college students and the recruits and others are really going to like what he puts out uh, from Bloomington from Assembly Hall on Friday night. Then on Saturday, it's IU football. You've got the uh, nationally televised game with a very good Michigan team at noon. And you also have the Fox, uh, I think they call it Big Noon pregame show uh, originating from Bloomington as well. And so, again, a very, very busy uh, weekend. A lot of fanfare uh, in Bloomington, I would say, all weekend long. I'd hate to be trying to find a hotel room uh, if, I was, uh, if I needed one. I'll, I'll be quite honest with you. Uh, however, that said, um, you know, can football uh, make the weekend as exciting as what it could be? Uh, can they be close and competitive? Can it be a game at all against the Wolverines? My answer is no, so uh, that may take a little bit of the wind out of the sails, but I'll tell you what, Friday night will be rocking in Bloomington. Uh, Also rocking in Bloomington will be the tailgating on Saturday morning. I'd say a lot of people will be getting set up really early to have some fun and and tailgate in advance of the game, regardless what what the score is. But a huge weekend in Bloomington, and just a fun weekend if you're a fan to get out and take all this in and uh, enjoy it because it's going to be packed. It's going to be, I think, just a great environment. And that leads into recruiting. It's going to be a great environment for recruits. They're going to see all this fanfare at Assembly Hall on Friday night. They're going to get a big platinum-selling artist in G. Herbo concert. That's something you don't see all the time attached with college basketball. Kansas has had Snoop Dogg in. Cal has had Drake and others in. Uh, but first time Indiana's kind of stepped out of the box with something different. And it's a huge list of people that are going to be there. Uh, we'll talk more with Alex Bozich about this in a few moments. But uh, Gabe Cups, who's already committed, along with Ja'Kai Newton in the 2023 class, they are going to be there. Newton, of course, was the first commitment in the 2023 class for Coach Woodson. And then some other really big names. Flory Bedunga, I think one of the biggest names that's going to be there this week. The highest-ranked recruit on the list of attendees. The number four player in the 2024 class, so a junior right now according to the 247 composite. And, you know, he's at Kokomo High School, so he's in the state, but he is originally from the Democratic Republic of Congo, and he's only been in the States for 
maybe a year and a half or less. So I'm not sure that there's a real Hoosier State advantage here for Indiana, Purdue, or anybody else. But Bedunga is a huge name to have on campus this weekend. Riley Burgess in the 2024 class. He's a six foot ten center. He's one of IU's big targets in the front court. Uh, front court. He's from Sycamore High School over in Cincinnati, so not far away. Jonathan Powell, 2024 player, number 80 in the composite rankings. Uh, he's at Centerville with Gabe Cups this year, and he got a IU offer back in May. Caleb Williams, another 2024 big name, Sidwell Friends School in Washington, D.C. We know Kenya Hunter's had a lot of connections up in that eastern DMV area. Trey McKinney, uh, a, a top player, top 25 player in the 2025 class. Uh, he will be there. Trent Sisley, in-state from Heritage Hills, will be there. Uh, and there's others, and we'll get into some of them. But one guy that will not be there that we talk so much about on this program is Jalen Harrelson. He is one of 62 players that is out at the USA Basketball Junior National Team minicamp in Colorado Springs this weekend. So a really big opportunity for him to play with some of the best in the country from multiple classes and maybe have a chance to represent his country at a very young age. Uh, but Harrelson will not be there, and obviously you can't blame him. That's a huge opportunity to be involved with USA Basketball while you're just a sophomore in high school, and that is where uh, Harrelson will be this weekend. Good news on the IU women's front. Grace Berger and Mackenzie Holmes named preseason all Big Ten players. Indiana, in a preseason ranking, uh, was predicted to finish second in the conference. So really good news there for the women Hoosiers. Uh, Fifth-year guard Grace Berger, and of course, Mackenzie Holm, the senior forward, uh, all Big Ten selections ahead of this season. So uh, great for a great momentum, I should say, uh, a lot like the men for the women here in this early part of the still early part of the preseason. They're getting some love as well, and they're going to be very competitive. Can you imagine, and I know I'm going out on a real limb here, uh, because I think that the men's team is going to be good, but I think they're really going to be challenged in the Big Ten. I think Illinois and some others have a chance to be very good as well. Uh, can you imagine, though, if Indiana could, could be at the top of the conference or near the top of the conference or at least in a race for the conference championship in both men's and women's throughout the course of the conference season? And that would be uh, pandemonium, I think, in Bloomington. And I really feel like just talking to people even here locally, there's much more interest in the IU women's team. I've gotten requests, hey, can you talk about it more? Can you do some interviews related to it more? We're interested in it. We're going to make the drive up for some of the women's games this year. I really feel like there will be a lot more interest in the women's basketball team. And I know it's been growing here in recent years, and that's what happens when you have success. But uh, definitely uh, set for a good year are, are the IU women as well. We don't want to leave them out of the conversation. IU football, this is really neat. Another NIL deal done right. Uh, they are the part of a first-of-its-kind charitable NIL campaign to stop gun violence. It's the Hoosiers for Good Collective and the Stop the Violence Indianapolis organization announced earlier this week an NIL deal with IU football, a partnership that basically challenges young people to choose healthy alternatives to gun violence. And so neat to see football players getting involved in this campaign. Uh, they get some money, which is good for them. Uh, a good uh, and uh, much needed um, situation, uh, concern, really not just locally, but in our whole country. I think anytime you get young athletes that can appeal to children and others, 
uh, maybe more than adults and, and, and teachers and, and people that you would hope could, is a good deal. And so uh, this is a neat usage of NIL. We've seen a couple really neat ones recently. This one with IU football and the Stop the Violence Indianapolis group is awesome. And then just a simple deal with a couple IU players, I believe it was Jalen hood Shafino and a women's player uh, having a free photo and autograph session at a local Bloomington car dealership is a great deal. The players get money, the fans get a meet and greet, an opportunity to help build excitement in advance of the season, and the company gets some great PR, maybe sells a few additional cars because of contacts made that day. So an all-around win for everybody. These are the kind of NIL deals that you love to see. It's those ones on the fringe. Uh, you hate to think about Miami and, and certain schools when you talk about fringe NIL deals, but those are the ones as a traditionalist and somebody that loves the format of college basketball and loves March Madness. Those are the ones that make you scratch your head and wonder, is that the right thing for the future of our sport? But these, I think some of these examples we've had today, really good examples of what NIL name, image, and likeness opportunities for college athletes can be. Also uh, mentioned a big soccer game last night. Uh, big week for soccer. Sectionals going on all across the area. I know, I think Charlestown, Providence won last night. Floyd Central beat New Albany in the semifinal up at Seymour uh, by a score of 3 nothing. That was a 2-2 deadlock, ended in a tie in the regular season. And a lot of people thinking whoever won that Floyd-New Albany matchup last night would ultimately win the 4A sectional up at Seymour. So good season by both teams. Seymour uh, with an opportunity to, or I should say Floyd Central with an opportunity to win that Seymour sectional and move on. It looks like we'll have a handful of local teams from our immediate area advance on to the regional round in the state tournament if things play out the way that we think that they could. That's a look at the headlines for this Thursday edition of the program. Justin Kalen is producing the show today. He told me just before we came on that he will have New Albany and Seymour, a real challenge for the Bulldogs. The Owls have been playing some good football this year. He will have that on the radio as part of our Southern Indiana coverage. And Justin, I, I believe you can come on and talk to me for a second. Yeah. Uh, that New Albany-Seymour game, it's not going to be on the Big X. I have had so many calls and texts and questions about why no Southern Indiana football on the Big X this year. It's because we've got St. X, which is a big deal for our station. St. X is a great brand of football in mm -hmm. Louisville. But uh, you've been doing the games on some of our sister stations, uh, New Albany, Seymour, Friday night. What station is that game on? I want to make sure we get that word out. That will be on 94.7 WFIA is okay. where you can Good find Good signal. That. Good yep. streaming. Oh, yeah. Uh, WFIA 94.7. Any thoughts on that game? I've kind of looked at the pairings some this week or the potential for pairings coming out on Sunday. I've looked ahead to Providence, North Harrison, and New Albany, Floyd Central in the last week of the regular season, but there wasn't a game that just was a can't miss that struck me this week, uh, but it sounds like you believe that New Albany-Seymour game could be a good one. Yeah, and I'm uh, to be honest, I'm a little behind the eight ball in the whole situation. I haven't really dived into game notes quite yet, um, but New Albany, I was on the call for New Albany and Jeffersonville last week, and that New Albany team looked really, really good, led by Elijah Jennings um, from the run, running back position, just was electric last week. So, yeah, I, I do think that'll be a good game. I think New Albany could give Seymour a test for sure. Yeah, for sure. Justin Kalen has New Albany, Seymour, Friday night, Arson. 94.7 FIA. So when you turn on the Big X and their St. X football, don't text me 
turned to 94.7, <laughs> and you can hear Justin with the call of that game then. All right, we'll head to a commercial break. We're back with Alex Bozich. We're going to talk Hoosier hysteria, a lot of recruiting angles from Hoosier hysteria coming up, and also still ahead, Matt Weaver at the end of the show, a quick chat on IU Michigan football, the homecoming this game, a tough homecoming opponent for the Hoosiers, and a lot of tough games ahead as well for this Indiana football team. All that's still coming your way here on this Thursday program. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Tennyson. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. You know, a basketball hero around here is treated like a god. I mean, I- Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. You know, most people would kill to be treated like a god just for a few moments. Here's Matt Dennison. Welcome back. Uh, the Thornton's text line is open. That number, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Download the Thornton's Refreshing Rewards app today for great offers and savings on fuel every day. And with us now is Alex Bozich of Inside the Hall. You can read Alex's work at InsideTheHall.com. You can follow him on Twitter at Inside the Hall. And Alex, I want to get into a lot of Hoosier hysteria, specifically recruiting stuff with you today, because I think that's such a big part of the weekend of the night on Friday. But before we do, a big uh, topic that came up earlier in the week is the return of the IU-UK basketball series. We don't know anything for sure, but there have been rumblings on both sides that this could happen maybe as soon as not this season, but the following season. Do you have any insight, uh, any thoughts on that? And uh, what a great announcement I think that would be for fans of both programs if the two teams could hook up again. I really don't care where they play. Uh, just to, to get that series back on our calendar, I think, is a good thing. Matt, good to be with you, as always. Uh, in terms of the IU-Kentucky series, I would say that uh, it's fair to say that the, some discussions have happened uh, between the two programs. Uh, I don't know that anything's necessarily imminent in terms of being uh, announced, but Mike Woodson has not been uh, shy about his desire uh, to get that series back. I know uh, Scott Dolson, uh, who's obviously been uh, around Indian athletics for a long time, uh, would love to, to get the, the game back uh, as well. I think it's really going to come down to whether they can – uh, come together and, and for an agreement on where the game will be played. I think it's obviously uh, known that uh, from the Kentucky side of things, there's there's not much interest, if any at all, uh, in terms of coming to Bloomington. Uh, I would like to see it uh, come back no matter where the venue. Uh, you mentioned uh, the same thing, kind of, Matt, just play the game wherever uh, you can get the game. So it, it definitely bears uh, watching here. Uh, obviously, it's not going to happen this coming season. Uh, but we'll see uh, moving forward uh, what the <laughs> excuse me what the appetite is going to be uh, from both sides to get the game back. But definitely encouraging that there are uh, conversations ongoing, and, and we'll see where it leads from here. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, IU Kentucky, I think something very much missing from the college basketball schedule. 
I tell you what, with the way Mike Woodson stepped up the schedule for this year, and I know Indiana is expected to be really good, but with the way he ex- stepped up the schedule this year, and if that Kentucky game were to, to be added in future seasons, uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens when Trace Jackson Davis and some of these key players graduate or move on to professional basketball, what a schedule would look like if Indiana uh, dips down a, a bit or doesn't have some of the, the type of returning players or incoming players they have this year? Yeah, I mean, obviously you can't project too far ahead in terms of rosters and what things are going to look like, but I would think from an Indiana perspective, the hope is is that this season uh, is going to go uh, well enough to where talent uh, isn't going to be a problem moving forward for the program. I, I think, you know, as much as people have talked about some of the things that have gone on with the 2023 class and getting those two early commitments and being off to such a great start and then kind of stalling out here and not getting anybody else. I think it really going to, a lot, a lot of the future of this program, 2024, 2025 and beyond comes down to what Indiana does on the court this season as a team. And I think if they play up to their capability and really have a strong season, I think that really sets up recruiting well uh, for the future because ultimately what uh, kids want to come into uh, in a lot of cases in the college program is one that can show uh, year in, year out, they're going to be in the contention for NCAA tournament appearances and uh, success. And Indiana just really hasn't shown that with any consistency, Matt, now for a long time. And I think this year, uh, if they can you know, be a, a team that contends for the Big Ten title and make a deep NCAA tournament run, I think a, a lot of the recruiting uh, question marks will be answered going forward. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, we'll see how that all all pans out. But I wouldn't worry too much about what the roster is going to look like. I think if things go as as many people hope they will this season, uh, Indiana is going to be uh, a program that has plenty of talent moving forward. Alex, speaking of recruiting questions, uh, Indiana lack of being able to close out this 2023 class to date. Is there any reason for fans to be concerned about that, or is this just a situation where IU struck early with Cups and Newton and is now struggling to, to find a fit for that final spot? And with the transfer portal, there may not be any reason to worry regardless. Is there any reason for concern here? Uh, you know, we've I think we've touched on this uh, a little bit each week, Matt. Kind of just had some of these guys going back to late summer. We're committing elsewhere. I don't think you worry too much until you get to next spring and you don't hit on some transfer portal guys maybe that you target. Uh, at that point, you worry, but things are so uh, different now just in terms of recruiting and how programs build uh, their team uh, on a year-to-year basis. You know, you got to plan for – a significant amount of departures from this roster just based on the experienced guys that are there, Xavier Johnson, Race Thompson, uh, Trace Jackson Davis. You have the possibility maybe that a Jalen Hood Shafino really plays well and, and goes to the NBA. So there could be holes to fill, but there's going to be uh, a device out there in the transfer portal uh, to go get players. And we know there's going to be a lot of players in the portal. Uh, it's going to come down to, to finding uh, the guys that, that could potentially – I'd be interested in Indiana, and, and I think that's kind of where winning goes into uh, the equation, Matt, with this season. How important is it to win? Because if Indiana comes out and, and accomplishes a lot of its goals and has a really good season, all of a sudden it becomes a much 
more attractive option for guys who enter the portal because they say, hey, this is a place I can go and win and win big. If Indiana doesn't win big, then I think at that point uh, you, you start to maybe scratch your head and wonder what's going to happen in the spring with the portal. But with the portal being out there and we know there's going to be hundreds and hundreds of players in there, I, I don't think uh, I would worry too much uh, at this point based on uh, how 2023 recruiting has gone so far. Alex Bozich inside the hall, my guest. Alex, as I mentioned earlier, has a, a basically a list, a full list of, of recruits and targets expected to be on campus this weekend and Friday night specifically for the Hoosier Hysteria event. Really impressive list. You've got Cups and Newton who are already committed and in the fold, but from 2024 and even 2025, some really important and intriguing names, guys that I think, like Flory Bedunga, that are really already at the top of their class, and some others that I think could be there sooner rather than later. It's it's a great group that Indiana is bringing in for Friday night. And in many ways, Friday night is about the fans, I think, probably number one, uh, and kids especially, but also recruiting. That is a huge part of this preseason event. Yeah, and, and the thing that I really like that they've done the last two years with Hoosier Hysteria. Uh, and Archie Miller's uh, staff did this relatively well, too. Uh, I can remember going back to Crean. It, it would seem like they would have, you know, 20, 30 kids coming in for Hysteria, which is is great. But I think making it a little bit more exclusive in, t- in terms of who you try to get on campus, you kind of let guys know that they're a priority. Uh, if you're inviting 30 or 40 kids, uh, it's easy to, you know, for a kid to feel lost in the mix or that, you know, he's just another name there. But when you only are inviting a smaller group, I think you can, uh, you know, s- send the message that, hey, you're a priority for us. This is our flagship re- event for recruiting. We want you here as one of the, you know, 10 guys. And really, realistically, they've already got two committed, so there's eight guys that are uh, targets uh, potentially that are going to be there. I just think it sends a message uh, that, you know, we're somebody, or you're somebody that we're really interested in. We've we've invited you. We want you here for this event. Uh, I like the the approach of maybe with a, a little bit of a smaller group uh, and not inviting you know twenty or thirty kids where it's, it's you can't really spend as much time uh, trying to you know make connections and talk to people uh, in a situation like that. So overall, like you said, Matt, it's a strong list, a nice mix of twenty twenty four and twenty twenty five kids, and also some. Some kids from all across the country. I mean, you've got Caleb Williams coming in. Uh, he's a guy that we talked to over the summer uh, on at Inside the Hall. Uh, got a scholarship offer. He's, I think, a guy that's really undervalued nationally right now in terms of his ranking. He's definitely going to end up being a you know top fifty, top seventy five player. It seems uh, he's coming in from the D.C. area for an official visit, uh, and then also you got some kids, a couple kids from Kentucky. Uh, obviously, Jonathan Powell, who's going to be. Uh, Gabe Cups' teammate next year, and, and New Albany fans will be able to see him and Cups uh, next season. Uh, December 29th, I think it is, Matt, at the Doghouse. Uh, they're going to be coming in to play uh, New Albany. Uh, he's another name who uh, is you know, a strong player in the, in the rising junior class in the state of Ohio. And you've got Trey McKinney, uh, the point guard from Michigan, or you know, more of a combo guard, actually, but from Michigan who's uh, ranked pretty highly and early target for a ton of Big Ten programs. And don't forget Riley Burgess, uh, the big man uh, coming in uh, from Cincinnati. Uh, he'll be there uh, as well. He's a guy that has been on multiple unofficial visits to Indiana. I think a, 
a player that the Hoosiers have really prioritized at this point. All right, Alex Bozich inside the hall. Um, I guess we credit this strong list to not only Mike Woodson, but probably more specifically the staff, Kenya Hunter, Yasir Roseman specifically have so many contacts in different areas. Uh, those guys, I think, regarded as really good recruiters, and it's maybe not always commitments in this early few years of the Woodson time that you can judge those guys, but I think just gathering this group for Friday night is a success and shows uh, the you know the abilities that they have. Yeah, I mean, the other guy, you know, you didn't mention Brian Walsh. I think he was not an assistant coach last year, but he was kind of more in a more of a support supporting role with recruiting. He's done a lot of uh, great things, recruiting perspective, and then the support staff, you know, Jordan Holes doing a lot of things in the background too, making contacts. And I know there's some, some graduate assistants that are also doing a lot of work. So it's, it's really a collective team effort in Indiana. I know uh, just from talking to people around the program that, this staff is really uh, really works well together, just in terms of their organization and uh, who they're going to you know contact in terms of recruiting. And like I said, I think it's very uh, just a very uh, smart play to have a smaller list of kids coming on the campus. And I think there's some some thought behind that and uh, being able to give guys maybe a little bit more attention uh, individually. So. Shaping up to be a strong weekend uh, in terms of recruiting visitors. I think there'll probably be some kids who spend the night and show up the next day at the Michigan football game as well. So good weekend to have uh, kids in Bloomington with it being, uh, I think, homecoming weekend. And I think there'll be a lot of excitement there. All right, Alex, I know when we've talked to uh, targets that have been on campus for a visit, official or unofficial, it's always fun to hear their reaction about, you know, I couldn't believe the fans knew me and people at the gas station you know, wanted my autograph and wanted to talk with me about, you know, uh, IU basketball. And it's clear that fans, you know, play a big part in the role of recruiting. I think that will be on display Friday night because there's so much interest in the IU team and program right now. So that's going to be helpful to the coaches in their quest to land some of these guys. But also, IU thinking outside of the box and doing things like what uh, Kansas and Kentucky have by bringing in uh, a, a rapper or musical artist, and this this G Herbo guy, I'm not sure he's as known among people in in our age category. But uh, with the younger folks, as I bring his name up, he is very well liked, very well known, and I think that just has to be kind of a double whammy for uh, the recruits coming in this weekend. Yeah, I mean, young people in general, uh, I think, are going to be more attracted to this uh, this event this year. I think. We'll be interested to see how many more IU students show up uh, than usual for this. Uh, the fact that you're getting a free concert from, you know, a rapper uh, from Chicago who has a really good following. He's got over 7.7 million followers on Instagram, which is a pretty good number. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's definitely just, you know, modernizing this event. I think was important. I think. You know, it got kind of stale there for a while, Matt, in terms of just kind of falling in the same routine of doing the same thing over and over. I think anything you can do to make it more appealing to young people, you know, as much as older fans and, and guys like you and me maybe don't want to hear this, you know, this isn't an event for us. It's not an event for um, fans necessarily. I mean, it's, it's great for them to come out and get a chance to see, but this is really an event that's been built, or built around recruiting for a long time and as a way to, to kind of showcase the program and, the audience here is, you know, the, the, the kids that are 
in the in the stands that are being recruited by the program, those are really going to be the guys that essentially you know you you want, you want to target to be the future of your program. So whatever you can do to to make a connection and kind of make them feel uh, a memory that they're going to remember, I think is helpful. So uh, it'll it'll be a, I think a you know a well attended event. Uh, we'll be interested to see kind of the, the final attendance. Uh, compared to previous years, Hoosier Hysteria always has done pretty well just in terms of being able to get, you know, 10, 9,000, 10,000 fans there. We'll see if, if having the concert moves the needle anymore. I, I certainly think it will it will help to some degree. Alex Bozich inside the hall. One other recruiting thing to bring up, you know, Flory Bedunga, who's at Kokomo, he's from the mm-hmm. Congo, has been a big name. We had his high school coach on last week, and he's going to be at Hoosier Hysteria, as you mentioned, on Friday. Uh, he's got an interesting connection to a guy named Drew Adams that I wanted to bring up today. Drew Adams is mm-hmm. the son of Indiana elite coach Mark Adams, who has been organizing uh, grassroots and club teams in our state for as long as I can remember. Indiana elite, of course, is the program that Flory Bedunga plays for. And Adams most recently was hired as the associate AD for men's basketball at Cincinnati. So, does this give Cincinnati a real chance to land Bedunga? Is Cincinnati maybe now one of the early favorites from Bedunga? Yeah, I mean, I can't speak specifically to that situation too much because you know I, I know what most of people know that have followed the recruitment. Obviously, there's a connection there, and like you, like you said, Matt, um, I, I think it's definitely uh, going to help Cincinnati quite a bit. I think it was a really smart hire. Uh, to, to bring Drew Adams into the program. Uh, you know, he's obviously not going to be an assistant coach, but he's going to be able to be involved. And I think the rules have kind of changed in terms of recruiting with the NCAA with more people being able to be involved and having him uh, in that role at Cincinnati, I think is going to be very beneficial. There's obviously a connection uh, uh, to Flory uh, with him in the Indiana Elite program. So, uh, yeah, whether or not that makes him the instant favorite, you know, I can't speak to that, but it seems like there's a lot of momentum heading in that direction. I think for the other programs involved, I think you continue to recruit him until you are, you know, get the indication that he's uh, not going to come to your school. He's too talented of a kid, uh, ranked in the top five, I think, nationally over the 24-7 uh, composite. So uh, you, you got to keep uh, on uh, recruiting him until there's an indication that he's going elsewhere, but it definitely seems like Cincinnati has really positioned themselves uh, well uh, with him. There was a lot of buzz with them before the hiring of Drew Adams, and I think this kind of always solidifies them as one of the top contenders to get him. All right, Alex, one other question for you. I love reading a lot of your preseason content at InsideTheHall.com, and you've been doing a great job previewing all of the Big Ten Conference teams, and I know that we've asked your thoughts on Big Ten play this mm-hmm. year, but some really great previews out there. As you dive into these things, is there a team that maybe we haven't talked about that you think could be someone to watch out for as you uh, look at returning players and key losses and uh, incoming players as well? Is there somebody maybe that is a little off the beating path as far as the national narrative on on the conference this year that you, you would warn IU fans to not take lightly? Matt, IU fans aren't going to want to hear this, but I know you feel the same way just in terms of uh, this guy is a coach in terms of what he's been able to build for a long time and just the kind of person he is. Uh, Matt, Matt Painter 
is a guy that I never count out. Uh, Purdue's, I think, kind of flying under the radar a little bit uh, with the guys that they lost. I think they have some questions uh, in the backcourt in terms of their guard play, but you know they've they've got a a presence in the paint and Zach Eady, who's virtually unstoppable offensively. And, and what I know about Matt Painter is is that every year. He, uh, with the exception of a few, you remember back in those kind of cream years where he was good in 2012-13, and that was when Painter kind of you know took took maybe a couple kids that didn't work out. But ever since then, uh, every year he's he's built a team that's competitive and up near the top of the Big Ten. I think once again this season we're going to see the same thing from Purdue because they've got such a great home court atmosphere there at Mackey Arena. Uh, they can beat anybody at home, and I think the culture of that program. Um, you know, they, you know, they've never gone to a Final Four. You know, they got close that one year going to the Elite, elite Eight, and uh, maybe they don't recruit as well as, as some of uh, the top programs in the Big Ten. But in terms of getting the most they can out of the talent that they have, I think they really do a great job of that. And Purdue, to me, we haven't previewed them yet on the site, but they're a team that I'm really going to be watching out for this year in the Big Ten because if they can leverage Edie's presence and bring some of these younger guys that they have like Caleb first and Trey Kaufman Wren and you know they, they, they got a couple transfers of our one transfer I know of uh, this year coming into their program and some other players like Ethan Morton uh, that they're going to be trying to, to move into larger roles I, I think Purdue's a team uh, that you have to keep an eye out for not saying they're going to win the Big Ten or maybe even be a top three or four team but I think they're going to be uh, right there uh in the top half of the conference in a program, obviously, that you have to have a ton of respect for just based on uh, their record of success under Painter. Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. Great stuff. Alex Bozich, InsideTheHall.com, at InsideTheHall on Twitter. Alex, thanks for the convo today. We'll, uh, we'll do it again next Thursday. All right, Matt. Thank you. Have a great day. All right, we'll head to a commercial break. When we come back, Matt Weaver of Peaks.com is with us as we preview IU and Michigan. It is homecoming weekend for the football Hoosiers. And after, I thought, just a disastrous loss in Nebraska, the way things played out, Indiana trying to bounce back, I guess, and at least be competitive against the Wolverines. We'll talk about that. Homecoming and more next with Matt Weaver, the football writer for Peaks.com. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, we're back here on this Thursday program line is always open at 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Matt Weaver, he's the go-to guy for IU football with Pigs.com is with us in this segment to close out the show and to talk a little bit of Hoosier football today. And Matt, this Indiana team now with a big-time opponent like Michigan coming to town on a big weekend, a homecoming weekend, they are looking for a lot of answers as they get ready for this next challenge. Yeah, it's um, it's not really the position you want to be in coming off to, you know, really, you know, 
poor performances and, and disappointing losses. I mean, you know, you do going into Cincinnati is going to be tough. Um, but, you know, you, you get behind, what was it, I think 38-10 at one point um, and just too big of a hole to dig out of. And then, you know, you play a Nebraska team that's just been not good at all, has been reeling. They did reeling, and they did have two weeks off. But, you know, they were awful defensively uh, all season and, uh, you know, didn't look like that against Indiana on, on Saturday night. Um, now you play a Michigan team that's putting up like 45 a game, running for 220 or 30 yards. Uh, their defense is playing uh, really, really well. Um, it's as uh, you know, I guess what you can hope for. Michigan's coming off a, a game in Iowa, and I think they got Penn State next week. Um, maybe you catch them, you know, kind of a trap game, napping a little bit. Um, but even then, I think they're just too talented and too good um, for Indiana. Um, with the way you know Indiana's playing right now and, and the issues they have, um, you know, quite frankly, on both sides of the ball, is there any way to recover from the Nebraska loss? You mentioned how bad they have been. Uh, we know how the game went for Indiana, especially in the second half. With Michigan this Saturday, other Big Ten, solid Big Ten opponents ahead. How, how does Indiana recover and make this just a, a okay season at this point? Well, I mean, I, I think I said, you know, before the Cincinnati game, you know, they really needed to split that, that two game road trip. They were three and oh, and if you split it, you're four and one. And I think you're in, you put yourself in a, in a position to really have a chance at postseason play going to a bowl game. You know, now you're going to have to try to beat somebody that probably, when you looked at the schedule, um, you know, was going to be, was going to be a game that, you know, uh, didn't chalk up as a loss, but knew that it would be a tougher game. Um, uh, maybe not so much a toss up game. So, you know, maybe like, um, you know, and at Michigan State or you know uh, Penn State at home. Uh, you know, I'm not saying those they're going they can win those games or will win those games, but those are of the remaining games that aren't what I would call toss ups. Those are probably the closest Indiana shot that Indiana has to pull out a victory. Um, and even then, they won't that won't be easy. So, you know, I don't. It's just the same the same issues that's plagued this team for the last couple of years are are rearing its ugly head again. And and you know we're we're. It's the elephant in the room. It's the offensive line. They're just not playing good. It's not a good unit. They're not. They're not playing well at all. They're not improving, and it's a big problem. You, you can't block. You can't play football. It's just that simple. You can't run an offense if you cannot keep your quarterback upright, and your running backs can't get a little bit of running room to make some yards. Matt Weaver, Peaks.com on IU football. Matt, kind of taking a long-term view with this, at least a season-long view. If IU football doesn't find a way to recover, if Indiana football doesn't find a way to pull off an upset or two, and this thing continues to head south, what could it mean for Tom Allen and recruiting? Well, I mean, I know there's already whispers of, you know, what happens if they lose out and they go three and nine. You know, the, the, th- the thing about that is I just don't see, uh, you know, I know we saw Wisconsin, uh, kind of a very surprising move, Paul Chris get, get removed. Guy had won seventy two percent of his games. I mean, if you do that in Indiana, they'll probably name the stadium after you. Um, I, I don't know that you would see something like that happen in Indiana, just because you know the buyout for Tom Allen is quite large, bigger than what Paul Chris was. His was like sixteen million. They negotiated down. Tom Allen's is north of twenty million dollars after this season. So I just don't see that happening. Um, you know, unless they can negotiate a really reduced buyout. I, and I'm not saying that's on Indiana's radar. I'm just saying the people who are making that as an option. I just don't see it as one right now. But it's it doesn't help the, the, the program. You're in a bad spot if you've got two years in a row and you go five and whatever he's five and uh five and ni- uh, eighteen or nineteen, whatever it would be, that's not good. 
um, you know, that's not that's not a good back to back after the two years before that. So you're in a tough spot. I mean, you know, you got to worry about player defections. You got to worry about the what recruits you have. You know, uh, bailing. Um, do some coaches decide to move on because they feel like it's a sinking ship? I don't know. You're in a tough spot if you lose out and you go three and nine after a two and ten season because you know you basically the momentum has completely swung the other way and it's it's going in the wrong direction. Mattweaverpeaks.com on IU football. I know in the middle of the season we don't really talk a lot about recruiting, but is there anything to report or is any of, of this that's gone on here so far this season a concern Hello. to any any recruits? Matt, can you hear me okay? Matt, can you hear me? I think we may have lost Matt Weaver as we get ready to close out the program. Uh, Matt Weaver with us talking IU football here on the program. Uh, Matt, are you back with us? All right, I don't think we have Matt. So we'll go ahead and close things out for today. That's going to wrap up this edition of the program. Check now, Matt. Matt, are you back with us? Hello. Okay, Matt, I think we have you again. Are you back? Matt Weaver, are you there? All right, that uh, we'll go ahead and wrap things up for this Thursday program. We've lost connection with Matt and uh, not sure exactly what's going on, but uh, you get the gist on IU football. It's uh, it's not good. It's not a good situation right now, that is for sure. Uh, that'll wrap things up for this Thursday program. I'll be back with you Friday at 11 a.m., complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. If you missed anything on the live show, find us as a podcast. All you got to do is search for the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison, and you'll find us there uh, on any place that you listen to podcasts. Just search for us, and you can listen to the show on demand. I'll be back with you Friday at 11 a.m. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.